remember my words, don't remember my name I see the change in people too I'm deeper than the way I'll move So I see them coming With the fuck shit Why they about me? No, they don't love you They talk a lot, but I'm on my own shit Covered in gold shit Covered in gold like the devil's double I always seen to find myself in trouble You guys might know him. Um, it's been a long time coming, I guess. Me and him been like holding it down on Instagram forever. If you guys don't know, I'm Zim underscore Hooday on Instagram. I'm here with Braden. He's Bangles underscore NFL on Instagram. Braden, how else can the guys uh, check you out? Guys and girls check you out. And what else uh, or where else can they check you out currently right now? Also follow me on Twitter, Bengals underscore action. And you can check out some of my writing work on BengalsInsiders.com and CincyProblems.com. Sweet. All right. And let me ask you, first of all, man, how you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. It's a Monday. I could be doing much worse. It's draft week. Yeah, yeah. Are you excited for the draft? You know what? I'm excited, but also nervous. Okay. All right. So... I'm a little nervous too. I think it's more so. I, I was talking to James earlier today. I think I'm more nervous with the front office. I'm not nervous at all with Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor recently has come out this week at the city town hall meetings. He's also said um, in different interviews that they absolutely are looking for the best players available. But the thing that scares me is the same thing that kind of scares me with the board is that some of the players have already been allocated starter money. And the Bengals front office is still the Bengals front office, and that isn't Mike Brown. That is that is Katie Blackburn. That is the the whole gang, like everybody getting together. And I guess Duke Tobin plays a part in that because he really kind of is the general manager. And at this point, what we've seen, a lot of blame that we had always put on Marvin Lewis, I think is now starting to come full circle, and we're starting to see that it may, in fact, be – uh, Troy Blackburn and the, and people like that that are just saying like, hey, if we're paying this guy X amount of money, that's our starter, and that's the part that kind of scares me when we come into the draft. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about the best player available, but what's the best player available for the Bengals? We've seen in the past that need really drives their board. Last year, Billy Price. You make an argument, John Ross, two years ago. Denard was apparently number nine on their big board in the 2014 draft. So we know that need drives up their board. So is that going to change this year with Zach Taylor? Are they just going to go on talent? Or how's this going to go? I'm nervous to see how it plays out. Okay. Now, if you don't know, uh, me, Braden, my guy Ace Boogie, and John Sheeran uh, did a mock draft probably about a, it's been on how long ago was that like three weeks ago now four weeks about a month okay so like a month ago in our mock draft uh 1.0 we had Ed Oliver going first second round there was a little bit of mix people had Mac Wilson uh third round I think did someone take uh Yandy Kajust or something like that I don't have the board in front of me but we uh, I think he was a second round option before the comp before the combine and all the medical stuff was revealed. Okay. Now, in this mock draft that we're doing with just me and Braden, uh, there's going to be no trades. We're just going to approach it 
one from a Bengals standpoint, what they know what we I guess accustomed for them doing, and then two, what we would do minus the trade. Now, minus the trade, I will say I, I'm gonna take this idea from James. But if Kyler Murray gets drafted number one, as most people think he is, then absolutely the Cardinals have to figure out what to do with Josh Rosen. And James came up with a great idea where he was saying they'll take Kyler Murray. We absolutely come after Josh Rosen with the number, you know, number eleven pick. Um, he had he had a couple different scenarios that he could have did it with, but it made way more sense than Haskins to me. Even though I wouldn't be mad at Haskins, there's a lot of players I wouldn't be mad at. Um, but do you see something like that? If that were to happen, would you be a fan of Rosen? Well, I've been preaching for Rosen ever since the Murray speculation started. I think from a value standpoint, Rosen makes a little more sense than Haskins. I think we might not even, if the Cardinals get desperate on draft day, teams might have the leverage of, look, you have your quarterback, you don't need Rosen, we're not going to offer you that first round. So we might be able to maybe trade pick 42 and still have pick 11 and trade for him. But I would absolutely love the idea of trading for Rosen. Okay, cool. Okay, so we're on board with that. But uh, in this particular mock that we're going to do, what are you looking for outside of trading or anything like that? What is your number one goal going into this thing? Uh, my unrealistic goal is Ed Oliver, though. It's, I think it would take a lot to happen for him not to pick. I'm looking to upgrade at linebacker. It doesn't have to be first round, but I would like to get a, a linebacker for sure within the first three rounds, maybe even two, depending who's on the board. Uh, if a quarterback falls to us, a guy like Haskins and maybe even Locke, I would, I'm highly considering it. But overall, I'm looking for best player available. Absolutely. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, man. Um, All right, so without further ado, because – I think we know, like, if you guys follow both our pages on um, Instagram, like I said, I'm Zim underscore Huda. He's Bengals underscore NFL. I think he gives a little bit more insight on a daily basis on more so, like, what he's thinking. So, please check out his page on Instagram. He kind of gives, like, a lot of different inputs and writes out his thoughts a little bit more so. My, me, myself, I've been kind of, like, sitting back a little bit, just trying to trying to take in a lot more information. I've been trying to watch a lot more stuff. And then I think on draft night, I'm going to try to share, like, a lot of different things. But it, it, the one thing, I don't know if this happens to you, Braden, but I kind of wrecked my brain just kind of going through, like, different scenarios and stuff. And at the end of the day, I'd be like, you know, like, nine out of ten of these scenarios aren't even going to happen. So I don't even want to just keep on, like, saying, okay, well, if we get Devin Bush and then what do we do now? Like, it's kind of like I made my board. These are my best players. If guys are gone, I'll tell you why they were gone. And if guys are still left and everybody's screaming we should draft them, I'm going to tell you why we shouldn't draft them. But let's crank it up. I got this thing on fan speak. I'm going to go with a different one than I went with. Uh, I think early I went with Steve uh, from fan speak. This one is a guy named Dave, um, but it's like a, a fan voted uh, NFL big board aggregate. All right. So without further ado. The number one pick went to the Arizona Cardinals, and that's Nick Bosa. And that's going to be the number one pick. So in this scenario, Kyler Murray is not number one, which to me, like I was telling James earlier, this is what it would take for the Bengals to do this move. They would need to trade 
and th- and this is the one thing I didn't talk about. I guess just a second ago is Kyler Murray represents what people talk about New Day. Kyler Murray represents that to me. I just think it's so far fetched that he will fall to us. But if he doesn't get drafted number one, I could tell you, I bet you a hundred bucks, bet you whatever you want to bet that the Redskins or the Dolphins probably do the same move. The key is to get to the number three spot with the Jets. Um, so if Nick Bosa were to come off number one, the Bengals should get on the clock on the phone immediately. Call up the Jets. We're offering a number eleven pick in this draft. We're offering the number the third round pick in this draft, and then two of those six rounders that we just we have three six rounders, right? Yeah. Okay, and and then also it would take another probably first or second round pick probably next year. And that's the part at first I was like, that's totally insane. But check this out. And this is something that James pointed out to me. If you were to do that scenario, you would be absolutely trading Andy Dalton at some point. And Dalton doesn't get you anything worse than a second round. So say you gave up a first next year or whatever, and you ended up 8-8 eight and eight and you were the 15th pick. You're pretty much saying... That once you trade Dalton, because Dalton's going to come with a second-round pick and maybe something else, maybe a fourth or something like that. Who knows? But you're going back 15, 20 spots, and you might end up with, like, the forty, the 40th pick in the 2020 draft, and that would be your first pick if you were to trade the first pick. But you've got a game-changing quarterback with Kyler Murray. Braden, what do you think about that scenario? I'm personally, I would do it. I'm all in on Kyler. And if you believe somebody's your franchise quarterback, he can be your quarterback, leading to the Super Bowl, you absolutely make the move. As you've been saying for a while now, quarterback is absolutely the most important position on the field. And as long as the Bengals have Andy, I, I hate to say it, I love him, but he's not doing much for us. I think the ceiling for him at this rate is a wild card win, and we shouldn't be aiming for a wild card win. We should be aiming for a game changing quarterback who can carry the team. That's what Kyler is. We probably have to give up the first next year. But you look at the greater reward of it, it's totally worth it. Look at what the Texans did with Watson and the Chiefs did with Mahomes. Trading your first-round pick for your quarterback works out. Yeah, it, it can. The The Rosen one makes more sense to me because you wouldn't have to give up as much. Uh, I feel like he's super seasoned already. Even though I like Kyler better for our team whatever rosen personality wise and different things like that i I just don't think the fans like i don't know like just the 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 west coast vibes i get off of him i just don't think he would be like super relatable fan wise and then if things aren't going right his interviews aren't going to be like something that people like that's one thing that i i think i think kyler murray is going to be like super super quiet it's not really going to say much he might be a leader amongst his team but I think about those type of things, too. But the price would be steep. So a lot of people would look at that and be like, Zim, you're going to give up the first. You're going to give up your third, two, six, and a first next year. But th- but that's all predicated on I know that I'm going to move Andy Dalton. And Dalton, at the very worst, gets me a second. Dalton might get me a late first. So you could get it back is what I'm banking on. And then absolutely Kyler Murray would be um, – you know, he he. You could even put him on the bench this year, or you could come and just trade Dalton immediately and have Kyler just roll the dice. Say you you don't end up with a good year, you're going to get 
a higher pick in that second round pick at the very beginning of that draft, couple that up with the Dalton trade, it's like you're going to have, you know, your picks right back. So that, that that's one scenario. But I wanted to see what you thought because I know if I run that by Bengals fans, I, w- I would love to poll that. I think people would say no to give up two first-round picks. What do you think? I think Bengals fans would say no because just on paper it sounds so scary. First-round picks, no, we need those, even though our last couple of- – Three of our four, sorry, excuse me, our last, out of our last four first round picks, only really one of them has exceeded expectations. That's William Jackson. So first round picks aren't a sure thing. And if you think Murray is a sure thing, then you trade it. It's worth it. It's scary. Yeah, it's expensive, but you got to do what you got to do to make your team Super Bowl contenders. And that's what it takes. And that's what it takes. Yeah, and I'm in the same. I mean, I look at people like Cedric Obey and Jake Fisher. I would even argue. I I saw this Steve uh, Palazzola from the Pro Football Focus. He was all he was awful. He was also saying that a lot of times, like say someone like a Billy Price pick, who I still have faith in for sure. He was saying that the quarterback position is more of a sure bet, at least from a backup standpoint or a, a in the league standpoint. Say we were to draft Mason Rudolph, or say we would some of these guys that we would have. Drafted maybe second round or third round or whatever. A lot of people were against them, but it was like if you look at the history of the NFL, they'll just be roaming around. They'll still be in the league. Where a lot of these guys like Jake Fisher, if he doesn't cut it at tight end this year coming up, he might not even be in the league. Cedric Oboe, he's taking a one million dollar contract with the Jaguars, and we know how terrible he is. And although we hated him when he got drafted, I mean he's still a first round talent wise, like or projected to be a first round talent. So a lot of people like are holding on tight to these picks, and I I was telling someone the other day the Bengals franchise our fans we've been so spoiled with quarterback play that you know what I mean it's not too many franchises you could look at you draft a quarterback and they actually lasted this long at a starting position and Carson Palmer and and Andy Dalton like it's insane you know like most franchises go through a couple quarterbacks before you get that long jeopardy quarterback. So we are blessed with that. And I think that's why people don't see the value of like how hard it is to get that guy. This is definitely never a surefire thing. And I do agree. Marvin Lewis was good at taking quarterbacks. Palmer ultimately worked out the front office, kind of screwed that up. Andy taking a long-term start in the second round is not an easy thing to do. And we all have our fans about Andy, but you look at that. That was a good pick. But yeah, quarterback is never sure thing, but it's a move that you gotta make eventually. Okay. So in this draft, um, the Cardinals say they get scared off in this in this mock we're doing. They're gonna go with Rosen. They go Nick Bosa. Number two is Josh Allen going to the San Francisco 49ers. Number three, Quentin Williams to the New York Jets. I can absolutely see a scenario where that plays out. Like I said, if this were to happen like this, the Jets would be willing to make that trade with you, I believe, um, and and take that. And because maybe they don't get Quentin Williams, I'm going to show you some guys that they could get. All right, so number four. This is the first guy off the board that I think Bengals fans are going to say they ripped their heart out. Number four is Devin White is going to the Oakland Raiders. Number five. Montez Sweat to the Buccaneers, which would be a complete disaster. So we'll get into that in a second. Why? 
Number six. This is another name on draft night. If he doesn't get drafted at this spot, although I'm not a biggest fan of Dwayne Haskins, he is drafted in this mock, number six to the New York Giants. If he were not to get drafted at number six, say that pick right there is like Ed Oliver, Brian Burns, Hawkinson, Greedy Williams. uh, It's a bunch of guys. Jonah Williams. Say that that pick right there to the Giants is that. The Bengals should absolutely be calling at that point as well. I think to move up, <coughs> excuse me, to move up as well. Because at that spot, the Jaguars may be looking at quarterback because Nick Foles may not be the long-term, long-term um, answer. But currently right now, you would give up less to get to that spot. Okay. So, but with that said... Dwayne Haskins goes number six. So that's another guy off the board that the Bengals want. Number seven, Brian Burns goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm I'm really high on Burns. Are you? How do you feel about Burns? Uh, I love Burns. He's a top five player for me in this draft. I, I think you made the Cleo Mack comp, and I completely agree with it. I think his dip and cool technique around the edge it's fantastic it's whoever gets him is going to be spoiled at that edge spot for years to come he's going to be fantastic in the nfl he he's a name see see on draft night though you i i i, I think the Bengals might be looking like i think he might be there and that's a name like i know that i re, i was reading one of your posts the other day might have been yesterday but people are saying like, why would we do anything on the edge? We got edge. No, we're not that. We're not deep at edge. You got Carl Lawson coming off the ACL. You lost Michael Johnson, whether you value him or not. You got Glasgow coming off a of, uh, ACL as well, who will go inside. Um, he doesn't kick out at all. But on third down, my biggest thing is I kept on saying is who rushes the passer from a defensive line standpoint with Geno Atkins? No one. Billings gets double. I mean, Billings comes in, but he's not a pass rush threat. So you need to get somebody there. Brian Burns could kick in inside if he had to. The 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 one thing that I do love about Burns is a lot of our new staff are three four educated. A lot of them, including the linebackers coach, the Khalil Mack um comp that I always show is because I was watching games from Brian Burns and then I went back on old Buffalo. Um, college tapes of Khalil Mack, it, it's it's mirrored. It's not. It's the same exact. It looks on on tape. It looks the exact same. Like you mentioned, the dip, the hips, everything. He has three moves already. Like he's a nightmare. But I could see a scenario where he's still there when number eleven comes up. Teams are scared, <coughs> and that could be enough to make it fall. But I also concerned. Am concerned that it could be enough for the Bengals not to. The males not want to take him, especially that they haven't visited with him, and they've, but they visit with Sweat and Gary. So I'm not. Sh- I hope that's the type of guy the Bengals are looking for, but I'm not sure that is the guy the Bengals are looking for. I I would be. I mean, we've been linked to uh, Sweat, who I do not like. I was telling somebody when Sweat looks the best is because Jeffrey Simmons was there. Whenever I saw Sweat make a play. 
it's because the offensive tackle which is very slow off the edge and sweat he has a good get off he he's fast and there's some times where he just completely ran around the offensive tackle college that's not gonna happen in NFL even Bobby Hart won't let that happen so he's not that true speed rusher that I'd like to be able to get he's he got long arms he has a good initial punch but he doesn't win with pass rush moves he sometimes uses a stunt but he doesn't really have pass rush counters uh he just sometimes gets away with athleticism mm-hmm. and- man i'm telling you if you go back like jeffrey simmons is better than montez sweat the it's thing if, if everybody would if, if you're a montez sweat fan go look at those if you just go watch montez sweat film you'll see jeffrey simmons popping off the screen like on every single play jeffrey simmons if y'all don't know he tore his acl and like uh, draft workout stuff like right after the season I believe so he's not going to probably play if not at all maybe this year I've, I've heard he could probably play as early as October November but for a team looking for longevity like I would I wouldn't even play him I would just shelf him but that Montez Sweat just doesn't do, now the the measurables at the at the combine and everything like that kind of make it a little crazy where you're like okay I see the athleticism. I can coach him up, but I don't like guys that I can just coach him up. I like guys that already have what it takes, and then you're coaching them, like you were saying, like some of the moves and stuff. You're giving them more ars- more moves for their arsenal. And Montez Sweat right now currently has nothing except athleticism to me. Yeah, okay. All right. So the number six was Haskins. Brian Burns was the Jaguars in number seven. Number eight. This is a big I, – I think on draft night, the Lions are going to shock everybody. That's my one – that's my hot take right now. The Lions are going to shock people. It might even be a quarterback, I swear. Because Stafford, like, if you ever met a Lions fan, they feel about Stafford the same way we feel about Dalton. The difference is I would take Stafford 100 times over Dalton. But for them, if management listens to their fans, they may shock some people and, and might not be a quarterback. But on this particular mock draft, they got T.J. Hawkinson going number eight to the Lions. Number nine, they have Greedy Williams going number nine, which would help us out tremendously to the Buffalo Bills. Greedy Williams, along with Brian Murphy and DeAndre Baker, are probably the only corners that you will hear first round, I think, coming off. Now, now this mock, I will say, I think this guy has put his stuff in before all the pro workout stuff. So I think you'll see that as a reflection of some of the stuff. Because even guys like Christian Fulton, I think he has on the board. But Christian Fulton's going back to um, LSU, who I, I really like him as a corner. All right. Number 10, this is the heart stabber. Kyler Murray to the Denver Broncos. So if you've been paying attention, Kyler Murray never came off the board. Hastings came off the board first. That's what made me feel like this mock is like old, right? Yeah. Okay, so Kyler Murray. But guess who's on the board? <laughs> Our good old friend, Ed Oliver. <laughs> I, I, we just can't pass on him. Some people have brought up the Bengals having a visit with him, but I think the Bengals are kind of in the assumption that he's not going to be there, or maybe they didn't, just hasn't been reported. 
But I, I think if he somehow did fall, he has to be the pick. I don't see how the Bengals could screw that up. Well, the, the, this is the same thing that I was saying that is going to be a real thing on draft night. Jonah Williams will be sitting there as well, who is by far to me the best tackle, and I would not be mad if they drafted him. But it just symbolizes one thing that I told you earlier is that you're banking on Andy Dalton being your guy, and that, and you're pretty much committing to paying him because you wouldn't come back 8-8, eight and 7-9, eight, and 6-10 and 10 this year, and then go back and try to draft another quarterback next year. Like, you could... But the time would be now. You'd be so late trying to do that next year. Because then you would have to franchise Andy like the year out. You know what I mean? It just doesn't work out. Like this is the year to go get the quarterback like immediately. Um, If not in the first or the second. like Or if not in the first, it had to be the second. I just I can't see a scenario where you couldn't because it's just the money. And we know how that front office is. So if Ed, I, I mean, so Jonah Williams is on the board. In a lot of these mocks, it'll be Jonah Williams with Devin Bush or Jonah Williams with Dwayne Haskins or Jonah Williams in this scenario with Ed Oliver. We're going to go Ed Oliver because we just know Ed Oliver's way better. Just some of the other names, just the notable mention that, that, that are still here. Uh, Noah Fant, uh, Christian Wilkins, Rashawn Gary, uh, Cleland Farrell. Any of those guys make you want to not pick Ed Oliver? Not really. I like Christian Wilkins. I think he's an underrated player, but I'm taking Oliver over him every single time. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna go A Oliver. We're gonna say this is New Day. We know that the Bengals are a little bit smarter now. I guess with Zach, um, he, the, the players have been reacting. I've talked to a couple of players. They're saying every the vibes are good. That they're learning stuff really fast. So I know the Bengals are cheap, somewhat front office stand wise, but they ain't stupid. If A Oliver's there. He's a top three, top five talent. You draft him. Um, just to go off some, di- I'm gonna just name some a uh, couple of different ones that I see that stand out to me. I'm not gonna name everybody, but some of these kind of will make the Bengals fans mad. I'm sure. Uh, a Oliver goes there. Noah Fant goes to the Packers at twelve, which would be awesome. Um, hold on. Yeah, okay. Uh, Ed Oliver goes there. I'm sorry. This happened to me last time on the last time I mocked. All right, so Noah Fant goes after that. After there, you got Cleveland Farrell. Byron Murphy goes to the Falcons. Gary goes to the Redskins. Jonah Williams went to the Panthers. Uh, Cody Ford went a little earlier than what I thought. 18 to the Vikings. Jerry Tillery went to the Titans. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers get Devin Bush. I, now, I, this is one I see mocked every single day, every time I do a mock, and that's DK Metcalf going to the Ravens. It makes so much sense, too. Uh, but you know what? It kind of reminds me of Perriman a little bit. It's a guy that's that, for whatever reason, great, like, performed well at the combine or did some things that just razzed the Ravens' berries, and then they made the move. But the production in college just is not there. But the big catch radius for an inaccurate quarterback, DK Metcalf, makes sense. It makes our division tough, I think. Because, I mean, DK going there and then Devin Bush. The main thing that still is lacker are linebackers for sure. So I do love – I love – Devin Bush early I don't love, but Devin Bush at the number 20 spot I do love. So Absolutely. Um, Let me see. 
Yeah, like that would be a dream that if they went number twenty. Okay, so this board is so outdated, Braden, that I think the best thing to do is we're gonna go with our knowledge because I feel like this draft board is so like before the pro day. I wanna go into who we have, um, you know, and our I have my top one fifty. Uh we we just drafted um uh Ed Oliver in a dream scenario. You tell me if that were to happen, that at that point, then what would you be looking at? Second round, who's on your board? Who are you looking at? In second round, uh, I'm going to kind of go with the obvious popular answer, Dalton Risner. He's somebody that Bengal fans and students start loving. I'm not in love with him. People, Some people think he's a complete steal at 42. I think he's a good pick. He might be one of the best players available, but I don't think he would be exactly a steal there. Uh, I I like Blake Cashman a lot, but I was I kind of made that out. Lance Zealand reply or not Lance Zealand. Somebody popper said that he, they see Cashman more as a round three guy. So that's I don't know where Cashman's going to go, but it, so I'm not sure I'm going to take him at 42 just for value reasons. But I have him in that range on my board. Uh, somebody else whose stock who seems to be rising is Docs and Knox mm-hmm. tied at. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I don't, I don't feel like the Bengals look at tight end like based on the conversations that they've had with Callahan. I don't think they look at tight end like it has to be some like generational talent. I really don't think that they address tight end until later on. I, I, I really think that they still like Shrek a lot. I think they do too. He kind of flashed last season, the preseason, although he fumbled a couple times. Uh, I don't think they would go tight end, but I would like to see them go tight end. Uh, it's Jeffrey Simmons. I don't think he would go, would fall at this point. There's been a lot of speculation that he can even go back to the top 20. But And in this situation, I wouldn't take a defensive tackle back-to-back. But mm-hmm. Simmons in general just fell to 42. That would be amazing. And uh, those are kind of the main people I look at 42. I really don't have a guy at 42 who I have my heart set on. Okay, I'm going to tell you, in this scenario, I would look really, really, really hard at Will Greer. I feel like he's like, he's not the perfect guy for the Zach Taylor offense because Haskins kind of is that guy for me. It's like a safe get, safe bet, system quarterback, easy throws, um, just make the correct read. It's pretty much how Jared got, like size-wise, it doesn't even match up. But something about Will Greer, the same way I get excitement from um, from Kyler Murray, I kind of get that watching some Will Greer stuff. He pulls the trigger on some stuff that is just like, I can't believe he threw it. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. The number one thing in Dalton, Dalton's Achilles heel is extending plays. In, in this scenario, I would – that. I wish I could get another second round pick, but I'm really, really concerned with the third. So I don't know if we can move some of these six, maybe move a player or something along with it. But one thing, um, if those those talks before the draft were were true about John Ross, um, well, before the uh, pro workouts and everything like that and before the combine, I would take a real good look at like someone like a Nikhil Harry or Debo Samuel, who we did meet with. The one thing in the Zach Taylor offense, too, is you can't have enough slot receivers. So 
Paris Campbell is thought to be like going way higher than what most people thought because he ran that four three. If somebody like Paris Campbell was there, Debo Samuel or Nikhil Harry is still there at forty two, Bengals fans would think it's kind of crazy, but I don't. I think that Ross, even though I'm a big Ross fan, they could keep him because money wise it still works out for him or whatever. Or they could move him to whoever the hell called him because a lot of teams called him around that time. So those are some guys that I would think too. Um, I do like the guard Chris Lindstrom around that same time. I think he'll be there. This would be kind of high for me. Um, I don't. I don't even know if he'll still be there. But David Montgomery, the running back, if he were there, I will run and I will run to the podium for him. And people are like, "Well, why would you do that? You got um, uh, you, we got Mixon." But Mixon, even in college, was never a workhorse running back like we want him to be. And I think they're gonna they made it very clear that they don't want to run him out like how uh how uh the guy for Ram the Ram uh Todd Gurley got ran out. Zach Taylor's made it very, very clear that he wants to keep uh, Mixon fresh for December. So if somebody of that caliber and you know Geo, you have to move on eventually. If David Montgomery, the running back from Ohio, uh, from Iowa State, was still there, I like him a lot there. Um, there's a safety, Nasir Adderley, I really, really like around that, that point, too. Um, Tackle-wise, I know Titus Howard may still be there, but like I was saying earlier, though, I, um, like you said, Dalton Risner would be my first pick. I don't think he would be there. Um, Caleb McGarry is another guy to look out for or whatever. He needs work on his, uh, his pass protection. But um, and I'm not sure if he could play left tackle, but he is a really, really good run blocker. Um, but those are some guys in the second. I would stay away from guys like Irv Smith. There's gonna be a bunch of wide receivers. If Jeffrey Simmons was there, you gotta say, yeah, yeah, we're going to the new who day. All right, so third round. Who who you think might be around that you'd be looking for around that same point? Uh, I think Blake Cashman is is in the second rounder. He'd probably early third. I think the Bills would have to trade up at that point, but I, th- I think it's possible. I'm very high on Jermaine Pratt in our mock draft we on YouTube about a month ago. He was. I took him as soon as I saw his name in the third round. I think he's kind of what the Bengals are looking for: a linebacker, very athletic, fast, ran. I think a four point five seven forty. Uh, he can cover tight ends, so he's not going to be a three down linebacker right off the start but he, rotational linebacker year one he's a future starter and he has a lot of potential so he's who i'm looking at with their third round pick okay um some of the guys i had a run at third i don't love them but if you were there i could see them going with him they met with cody barton that's a linebacker for utah i really like him i think mac wilson falls to the third him and Cody Barton, I have, like, neck and neck. Like, Mac Wilson misses a lot of tackles. But if he's there in the third, see, his measurables, like, just don't add up. Like, that, he, he he tested like an average linebacker. Um, that's the thing that scares me. So, a lot of people are going to ask about Mac, but Mac Wilson will be there, I think, in the third, man. And I think the casual fan, like the college fan, is going to wonder why. But – he just doesn't he doesn't do any like combine wise he's terrible um another guy i really like is uh darnell savage the safety from maryland 
if he were there in that in that third round, I, I would look at him. Jermaine Pratt, who you mentioned, um, is amazing. I, I really I really like him at linebacker above Cody Barton and Matt Wilson. Um, so if he if he were there, he, I absolutely would be all over him. Uh, the center Elton Jenkins from Mississippi State um, also was there with um, you know with Jeffrey Simmons and Sweat, who we're talking about. He's a center that can be moved to guard. He he could do a lot of different stuff. He was a red shirt senior. Um, it's not too many other guys around that same part. Um, I I think he will still be there too. But um, what's the linebacker that I love a lot that went to Washington? Um, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, B- Ben Curvin. So if Ben Curvin were there, I would be looking at him too. So that's another reason why linebacker in the first round totally turns me off because Ben Curvin, Jermaine Pratt, uh, those are two names to really, really look at. Barton, I'm not in love with, but Barton and Matt kind of fall around that same, a little bit underneath them. I wouldn't be mad at those, but see, because if you didn't go quarter, I mean linebacker first round, to me you just double dip third round, fourth round, the same way we did Lawson and um. And Willis, right? Yeah. Or was that Hubbard and Hubbard and you know how we double dip with that? You do the same thing with linebacker if you don't do it in the first. So you come back in a third and a fourth and just do the same thing again. Yeah, I can see two linebackers being taken in the first four round. The Bengals have kind of set themselves up to do that, and depending on who we take, I wouldn't be mad about doing that. And uh, just something on Mac that I saw a few days ago. Apparently, teams are taking him off his draft board for quote-unquote inappropriate behavior, and that's all I got. Mm-hmm. Mont- Montez Sweat is falling off of people's board, which doesn't help us. And that, and unless he fell to the second, which I've heard that too. But he, if you've been following him, he's got a heart condition, and he's got some character issues too that are pretty questionable as well. I would, I would take him in the second for sure. At 42 is amazing, but... I do not like him in the first, man. I will be. That's there are a couple guys in the first that scare me. If the Bengals were to pick them, yeah, Sweat. I have a few players I hate at eleven. Uh, Sweat's one of them. Uh, Daniel Jones is one of them. Just because we go quarterback, I'm not Gary. Looking. Gary, I hate, and uh, <laughs> I don't want to say I hate Bush, but I just. It's just because when you mix in value and I have some concerns about his size and coverage, it just he doesn't make a lot of sense at 11 for me. Devin White makes sense to me at 11, but he's not like he doesn't make sense like he does with everybody else. I think all Bengals fans do this every year. It's like whatever the worst position is, they like let's attack that at number 11. And for me, that's not the way my mind works. It's like let me get some cracks at this. So that's why, like Jermaine, like if you could get a, a draft with Jermaine Pratt or Ann Kerbin or in you know, like Cashman or something like that, to me, is far more valuable than Bush or White or anybody like that in the first round. Like it's so much more valuable because linebackers very rarely play sixteen games anyway, and then you'd be asking one rookie linebacker to come in and pretty much steered the whole shit for a whole entire year there's gonna be some growing pains with that stuff and Devin White and Devin Bush I don't see any plays there's like 30 something plays I think I've seen total of them taking a linebacker in the seam I mean taking a wire uh, tight end in the seam 
you're generally watching them cover running backs in the flats and wheel routes. There's very rare that they were ever asked to cover any tight end. I don't even know that they can can cover tight ends. The when people talk about linebackers covering tight ends, they're talking about these guys their projections and being coached. And in college, they were not asked to do either of the other two, like none of them. And that scares me. And see the in the thing about Cashman is you can go look on YouTube. He breaks up pass after pass. He is a he he covers tight ends like I mean he's like the 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 best outside linebacker choice I think in the draft. Yeah, for sure. And that's I try and stay cool on the potential of it. Like as you said, they're kind of going with the potential of Ken White and Butch coverage. Their athletic ability says they can, but that's never a sure thing. They said Malik Jefferson with his athletic abilities can do anything on the field, but there's a lot of stuff those athletic numbers don't tell you, the mentality of the player, how smart they are. So I just don't see a reason to take, a, not necessarily a project, but a player who needs that much work when, especially a guy like Ryder Bush, when you can get guys like Cashman and Pratt on day two. Man, I'm telling you, and look, if Jefferson were in this draft, pro football focus has said this, Jefferson would be like the fifth rated linebacker. Like, behind Cashman, Ben Kirvin, like, Jefferson would be, like, right there. And, like, to me, it symbols that the Bengals are absolutely, if you're a Bengals fan that was high on Jefferson, don't lose out, don't lose sight of him. Now, coming out of college, Jefferson was stiff. He had the athleticism, but in coverage and stuff, he was stiff to me. If he could get coached up and just play 500 to 600 snaps, then this whole board changes to me. And he's really, really key to this draft. And I don't know what he what it's going to take for him to get some snaps. But if he came at 500 snaps to me, symbols third down for a whole entire year. So when I say that about players, like I said about Ed Oliver, it's like 600 to 700 snaps. That means you're playing pretty much every third down. All right. So fourth round. Here we go because I know we're, we're tight on time here. We got to cut this thing short. Or do you have anybody that you're targeting fourth round? Kirvin was kind of my best case scenario fourth round. Uh, some other linebackers, just because I think if they do double down on linebacker within the first four rounds, I think they target one fourth round. Tavon Coney, who I was very disappointed with his athletic testing. He's not athletic, but he's a bump hit linebacker. Uh, he has coverage abilities, but his lack of athleticism, I think, will hold him back. Uh, maybe a first time linebacker. I also like T.J. Edwards, very underrated coverage abilities, maybe a nickel specialist. You can put in the flats, very smart linebacker, also a very solid tackler, but he does kind of get glued on to blocks and such. Uh, I think, I don't know exactly where Chris Boyd's going to go, the corner from Texas. I kind of see him all over, but we took him fourth round. I wouldn't be mad. And those are kind of my top of the board guys in the fourth round. Okay, and mine, I don't know if he would still be there. I like the corner, Kendall Sheffield from Ohio State. If he were there, I would make a move on him. Um, I like Kalen Sanders, a defensive tackle from Western Illinois. Um, uh, this Now, in this draft scenario that we had, we hadn't picked a quarterback, so I just take it just because I love the athleticism and the projection, but Tyree Jackson – I would take him fourth round. I might run to the podium with that because the measurables and everything are there. Uh, I don't know if this guy would still be there, but JJ, um, our, um, how do you say, Arcega Whiteside? Whiteside. 
Yeah, I really like him. I think they're saying now he's talking. He'd probably go to third, but if he was there like in the fourth. I would absolutely be all over that. Um, if I didn't get that running back, I was talking about earlier. I really like Dexter Williams too in the fourth because they gotta replace. Um, God, what is his name? <laughs> uh, we're forgetting everybody today. The guy, the guy that we just cut because he got arrested three times. Wilson. Yeah, yeah, Mark Walton. Yep, yep. So we got to replace a running back at some point. And that's why I said it would have been a crazy for me to go get a Montgomery in a second. People think that's kind of crazy, but I'm thinking more so 2020. Geo's contract is about to end pretty soon. And you got to think next level. And like I said, Mixon was always paired up um, with the, I forgot the other kid. He went to the Redskins with it, but he never really took the full workload. And that kind of worries me. Like even moving forward, I just think every year we're going to love him. But it's always going to be a couple games or so that he may miss, and you got to have somebody ready. So uh, the the Notre Dame kid, I was just saying, Dexter Williams, he will be perfect at that fourth round spot. Um, aside from that, I don't really have anybody too much. Um, yeah, that was it. Oh, maybe maybe Drew Tranqu- uh, Tranquil, uh, the linebacker at Notre Dame as well, because I wrote him down when I was watching a couple of those games. Um, but those those are my guys, Blake Cashman. You already said. Uh, Matt Sharping is a, a guy that might still be around. That's a good tackle that may still be there in the fourth. If you could get him in the fourth, that would be amazing value. But that's it for, I guess, for this mock draft 2.0 with me and Brayton. Um, Brayton's got some stuff that he's got to take care of. He's working really hard getting ready for the draft Thursday night. Um, follow Brayden at Bengals underscore NFL on Instagram. And tell him what is your Twitter one again? Bengals underscore action. All right, Bengals underscore action. And where do you write at? Where can they check out some of the stuff where you're writing at? CincyProblems.com and BengalsInsiders.com. Okay, yeah. Cincy Problems is a great page to follow, too, if you guys don't check. Uh, if you don't know on Instagram, he's, that's an awesome page to follow. Um, but, Brayden, man, thank you so much, man. Good luck with everything with school. Keep on communicating with me. We're going to probably link up. Maybe we'll do, like, a live for a little bit on draft night or something after 11 or something. Maybe I could hook up with you then. And talk about the pick. Um, I got a feeling it's going to be a million pissed Bengals fans as always. But we're going to try to talk everybody through it. If it's Ed Oliver, I can't imagine. Nah, there'll there'll still be some people mad. <laughs> yeah, be, some people want Bush just because you have some of those. Not to be disrespectful, fans that aren't very knowledgeable. They just kind of look at team needs and think you have to take the most needed position. Yeah, yeah. But man, thank you so much for your time, man. We'll 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 go back and forth on this stuff. I'm gonna try to post this up later on the day. I gotta edit a couple things. But other than that, man, this has been the Zim Hude podcast. Thank you guys. See you guys on draft night. Hude. Hude.